and welcome back to Backing Paper. It's episode 25. Can you even believe we're here? And what greater way to celebrate the 25th edition of this podcast made purely for reading emails and all that good stuff than to get on possibly the finest email reader we've ever had. Uh, people were delighted by his last appearance and we're so glad to have him back here to definitely do a great job of reading your emails this time. It is, of course, the one and only Matthew Joseph. Matthew, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I, I've been I've been waiting for this rematch. Read you, these listener emails. Yeah, you seem less hungover than last time, which I think is probably a good sign. Mm. Yes, no, definitely, definitely a lot less hungover right now than I was uh, when we when we when I was last on. Yes. Well, I'm sure you're going to redeem yourself this time. No Rachel mm. this week, unfortunately, because she has got to be up super early tomorrow. Um, she's traveling. I think it's Poland she's going to. She definitely did tell me, and I've definitely forgotten, but um, she's off for a week of work in another country. So we thought we'd give her a break this evening, and Matthew was available and raring to go to, as he says, redeem himself in your eyes or ears. Um, so uh, let's let's see how that goes. <laughs> let's not judge too harshly until he's really messed things up. Then we can judge very harshly. Um, give me give me time give me time <laughs> we will we will give you more than enough rope to hang yourself um the first email is from christian strauf christian writes in dear sonnies first of all thanks for remembering and honoring carl haven and his work it's highly appreciated it was a shock to hear that the amount of e incoming emails was going down. I felt bad for a second, but then I remembered that I sent some unsolicited info about Fomapan development right after the backing paper episode before Easter. Since it's a shameless advertisement for Cafnol, it's very well possible that it got caught by your spam filter. If you find the info useful, feel free to use it in your show. If not, that's fine too. In any case, as a devoted Sunny 16 podcast listener, I didn't want to leave the we don't get enough email anymore, cry for help unanswered. After all, who wants a short backing paper show? I don't know, probably quite a lot of people, but they're not going to get it. Um, all the best from Germany, from Christian. So we did miss this email. I don't know quite how I did miss it, because normally I, I never miss a thing, but we did. But fortunately, I found it. So this is Christian's email regarding Fomapan. Uh, Dear Sonnies, thanks for the nice and short latest backing paper show. Also, thanks for the interesting piece about Foma Retropan 320 Soft. That was, uh, I think, from Alistair Dougal's article. It's Foma's only negative film that I haven't tried yet, but after hearing about its properties, I'm definitely going to buy a few rolls to have a closer look at it. Rachel and Graham, you mentioned that both like you both like Fomapan, Foma's main film range next to Retropan, because it's reasonably priced and because it looks good. I've become a sort of foam pan enthusiast myself, and the 100 and 400 variants have become my main films. Here's why. Apart from normal usage, both are excellent films for box camera photography and for trying the Sunny 16 rule because you get brilliant results even if your exposure is off by a few stops. But I also like foam pan for its tonality and performance. This may strike someone as odd because Fomapan has the reputation of not having that much latitude, having limited tones and having very pronounced grain. 
I used to think the same when I used Rodinal to develop Fomapan 100 and 400, but then I came across Foma's Fomadon LQN, which I read is Foma's magic juice to develop Fomapan films. I'm not susceptible. Magic juice. Magic juice sounds good. I'm not susceptible to such hypes, so I was quite surprised to see that Fomadon LQN indeed produces very impressive results that differ quite a bit from those with classic developers like Rodinal. The gain of latitude is quite visible. You get finer, more sophisticated grain, and the overall tonality is very smooth and steady across the whole tonal range, while keeping the film's nice Fomapan contrast. Now, before you go and buy Fomadon, um, bear with me. This is probably the part that FOMA won't Fomadon. like to Fomadon's my favourite dinosaur, by the way. <laughs> it's very silvery. Fomapan really shines if you develop it in Cafanol. When I got into Cafanol, I took my first steps with Fomapan, and I got very good results right from the start. I've been using Cafanol CH, in brackets RS, together with the Fomapan 100 and 400 for quite some time now, and it's a perfect match. RS stands for reduced soda, which uses the same amount of soda and instant coffee, and they also use the iodized salt variant. I don't see any significant difference between the negatives developed in Cafnol and the negatives developed in the Fomadon LQN. In fact, the results have almost identical properties in my subjective eyes. That's why I opted for Cafanol CHRS as my main developer for Fomapan 100 and 400, and that's why I use Fomapan most of the time. In short, not only is Fomapan a reasonably priced film, it also gives you fantastic results um, compared to more expensive films, if not the best that you can get when using Cafanol. A field well worth exploring if you like film photography, experimentation, and want to get rid of that bad instant coffee that has been standing around in your kitchen unused for years. The best starting point for your Cafanol adventure is the brilliant Cafanol Cookbook at www.cafanol-cookbook.com. Thanks so much for your show, Rach Graham and Aid. Keep up the good work. It's highly appreciated. And please keep your listeners posted about your results should you ever try Retropan 320 Soft or try to develop Fomapan in Cafanol. Cheers, Christian. That was, uh, I'm, so, I'm so glad he ended that in cheers because there was a lot of drink references. <laughs> <laughs> there was. There was a lot of drink references. Cafanol, um, soda. Yeah. Thirsty now. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but no drinks for you just yet. Um, I find that really interesting. I mean, I have not tried mucking around with Cafanol. Well, actually, this is a good time to get to one of the things we want to talk to about you. You've started developing uh, at home, haven't you? I have. I have. Um, after working in the industry for years, a couple of times, and yeah, I've got into developing at home with uh, CineSteel DF96, the uh, the mono bath. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So what prompted you to make the leap? Was it the fact that this, the convenience offered by this was the, what, yeah. the, that was the final thing to push you over the edge? Money. <laughs> Money. Fair enough. <laughs> and how have you found the experience of using it? It's it's so easy. I like, like it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just one. It's only one chemical that I have to warm up or cool down um, to use. So, uh, yeah, it's. 
it's really easy. And my I had a bottle of it last, uh, I think it was three months or something. They said it expires after a month, but I just kept going until it, you know, until the results uh, didn't look so great. But you know, fix it in post. Yeah. So how many rolls of film do you reckon you got out of it? Oh, uh, I think I did uh, forty sheets of four by five mm-hmm. and a couple of rolls of 120 and a couple of rolls of 35 that seems pretty good and what sort of films yeah. were you putting through it hp5 yeah it was that pretty much across mm. the whole board yeah pretty much that, yeah. awesome that's really good to hear yeah. so mm. with the cine steel df 97 i could never remember 96 96 yeah. oh so close yeah. um yeah do you think this will be a gateway drug for you or is this actually this this is good enough and you're more than happy to stick with it uh yeah look i'm like a as people would know i am extremely lazy photographer (laughs) people do know that about you i think yeah they do know that because i mention it all the time um uh yeah i think i'll stick with it until i find it has limited me in some way i will i will keep using it so i have developed other films i developed um burger in it and um some neopan 400 and 1600 and some of the developing times were a bit long yeah and, you know constant agitation left me feeling a bit weak with a bit of rs <laughs> a bit of rsi i just had to switch hands and um i was all right <laughs> take that comment out of context could be unfortunate um well that's cool i'm glad that's got you into it i have not tried caffeinol either but i can definitely see it being something that i do um have a go with because it's right up my street of just mucking around and trying out uh, fun experimental stuff um mm. and it's also really interesting to hear how well it works with the, the um fomopan it's what a great combination of budget photography techniques uh Christian did include a couple of um, images, links to his images, and they're really nice. They look fantastic. So, um, yeah, I think once I've got past uh, some of the current things I'm messing around with, then Cafnol might be next on the list to try. Um, you know, I know quite a few people who've had a go and had fun with it. So, um, great information. Yeah. Thank you very much, Christian. Yeah. Um, when you're done getting your having your butt kicked by your kids in Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. When I'm done spending my time being humiliated by my own offspring. Um, we had a couple of very quick ones. Just one uh, very nice email from Ian, um, basically just uh, passing on his condolences for Carl um, and, and you know, remembering him, uh, for which we were very thankful. Uh, and another one from Paul Friday, um, which may be of interest to uh, many of our listeners in the UK, certainly. Um, it is that the Seven Day Shop, which is a kind of seller of everything, um, they have currently got Kodak Color Plus 200 on sale for a very good price. I think you can get a 10-pack on there for, I think it's £24. I think it's something like that. Um, or maybe it's £27. Anyway, it's very cheap. So if you need... Matthew's just checking for me now. Uh, this is great. It's while we have somebody else. Um, so if you need some cheap color film... Uh, 200 color plus film then um you can get some from seven day shop i did check it is still in stock so matthew what's the price on that uh where are we 24 quid 24 quid. 10 packs that's pretty good 
that's pretty good. It's not, you know, it's not quite as cheap as the good old Agfa Vista, but uh, that's still good cheap film. So do check that out. It's a, tw- it's almost thirteen pound saving. Yeah, sterling. That's, I mean, that's a spicy meatball. Do you want to take? <laughs> do you do you want to take this next email, Matt, from Terry? No. Nah. Well, okay then. I'll all right. Read. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll read it. All right. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me, Terry. Hi, it's been almost 20 minutes since Thursday, the 2nd of May, 2019, and am going home from work. During my stint on the factory floor, I listened to more audio wonders that are your delightful podcasts. Episode 127 had me wondering, was Rachel playing a double role? The alleged Claire sounded more like Rachel in a very small, empty room, and I'm convinced... You really have Victoria Wood as the third <laughs> member of your podcast. Uh, I, I wish. Who's Victoria Wood? Uh, she was a wonderful comedian, uh, very talented, and sadly died, died a, f- a few years ago. But she was great. We love Victoria Wood. Well, it won't be her then, will it? No, no. Owing to the being dead. <laughs> Victor- no, I don't know. Sorry. Uh, uh, where are we? In BP7, you mentioned a trip to... Brizzle? Brizzle, uh, yeah, it's short for Bristol. Oh, okay, right. Okay, I know where that is. Um, uh, did you get to... Oh, here we go. The the reading has <laughs> packed up. <laughs> did you get to any of the great camera stores? I bought my first DSLR at Bristol Cameras in High Street, Clifton and Montpellier. Very uh, good. Great photo locations. And, of course... They're in the camera obscure. Yep. Is there a camera obscura in Bristol? Yeah, there is. There's um one up on up on top of a hill just next to the um Clifton Suspension Bridge. Oh nice. Nice dark space to look at things upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's more. Okay. Uh, I'll listen to the last 10 minutes of BP7 this evening, but as my shift is over and warm, wed becca- warm bed beckons, dot, 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 thank you all, Terry. Thank you very much, Terry. Um, we didn't How'd go? I go? In... You did. Right? Not bad. Not bad. Your warm-up email, you did pretty well. Mm. Reading emails live is more tricky than people realise, <laughs> as, as we repeatedly prove on this show. As you remind me every week. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm never going to let that go. Um, we didn't go into any of the camera shops, actually, when we were in Bristol. Um, but we did go and visit the camera obscura, uh, which is very cool because you could move the thing around. So you could, like, see different views of the bridge. and the street. It's, It was very cool. It was very cool. Although, it was, sadly, it was quite a dull day when we were there. So the picture being projected wasn't all that bright. But... It's still a very cool thing, and if anybody does find themselves in Bristol, it's well worth the trip because um, it's right next to the Clifton Suspension Bridge, which is also worth a look. Um, it's a it's a big bridge. Um, everybody loves a big bridge, you know, especially well. Mm. You, you don't, are there any big bridges in Melbourne? I mean, you've got a big bridge in Sydney, I've heard, but uh, yeah, yeah, we've got a Westgate Bridge and the Balti Bridge. They're nobody's big, ever big heard bridges. of those. You need to build a bridge over to Tasmania. That'd be something of note. <laughs> That'd be a real big yeah, bridge. Well, yeah, Westgate. Yeah, no, I'm not going to mention that. Um, Balti Bridge uh, AFL player fell off it recently. Oh, that, well, that's, thanks for bringing it down. Was he all right? No, no. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, <laughs> he fell off. I didn't say he jumped off. Oh, oh fair enough. He fell off it. Okay. Well, uh, uh, get get well soon, that guy. I guess. 
Okay. Uh, the next email is the first of a couple we've got in this week's show regarding cyanotypes. So I'm very happy about this. And it is from Toby Vandervelde. Hi Beams, this email is intended to carry on a recent conversation on Twitter between myself, you guys and Sam Solican. You brought it back up on the last backside paper I heard. Nope. It was about using cyanotypes as paper negatives. I only tried this a few times and although the outcomes were a bit murky, I think it's worth another go for sure. I made a 4x4cm negative in my Ballora Bella 44, one of the sweetest cameras in my cupboard, but with only f8 and f16 available as apertures. I do not doubt that an f2.8 or even f14 would give much better results, even if, like this exposure, you have to give it 6 hours of daylight. I bought some raw cyanotype in powdered form from Parallax Film Collective recently and will be mixing up some for a new batch soon. It's amazing how many square meters two teaspoons of cyanotype chems will coat. That stuff just keeps on going. As a comparison, I've included a quick snap on my phone of the same view so you can see what I was aiming for. And of course, a pic of the sweetness that is the Bellora Bella 44, just for the love of cameras. If I get around to progressing this to a faster lens, probably the Zeiss 2.8 on my Hasselblad, I'll email you the results. Till then, Beamers, Tobe. Uh, well, that's awesome. So this this has been a thing of this week. Um, I got it into my head that I wanted to make a picture. I, I think I mentioned on last week's show that I wanted to try. And I have been trying this week to take a reflected light picture using cyanotype paper. Um, it's not been a spectacular success. I think that's fairly safe to say. Um, what the way I've been doing it, because I am an idiot. You can disagree at this point if you want, Matthew. No. Okay, thank you. Um, is I've been trying to actually take like pictures of flowers. Now there is a logic to this. It's a very bad logic, um, but some flowers are reflective of uv light so i thought well okay if i get my uv light really close to the flower and then get my camera as close to the flower as i can and leave it for a long time maybe i'll get something so i've tried with a couple of i've tried a few iterations so first of all i tried with ronald um, so good old Ronald's been getting some exercise this week because uh, Ronald will Ronald! stretch real long. Ronald will stretch real long, and also the one eight, uh, the lens I've got that fits Ronald is slightly longer than um, the one that I've got on my Intrepid. Um, so I set it up. I wedged my um, UV light that I've got for doing my prints on its side, balanced it very precariously. I sent Rachel a picture and think she was like have the fire brigade's number on standby, um, and then went to bed and left it. Um, and that didn't work. Um, basically, by the following morning, so let's say an eight-hour exposure like that, um, you could just the very faintest trace of where the leaf, the petal was on the thing, and as soon as washed, it went away straight away. And so I've sort of been iterating on that. Um, I've tried a couple more times using Ronald once out in the sunlight all day, uh, and most recently, <laughs> I set it up about eleven o'clock at night with the UV light. 
left it running and, and, and positioned it near the table in the conservatory. So I left it running all night with the UV light and then all day with the sunlight streaming through the window and the UV light on the other side. So in total, probably about 20 hours. Um, nope, still didn't work. Um, and, uh, and I also tried with putting a paper negative in my Yashica 635 um, with some close-up lenses on because the uh, element, the aperture rather, was a bit wider on that. And I mean, again, I got the faintest hint of something on there. I, I could sort of see, oh yeah, there's a picture here, but nowhere near enough to do anything with. Um, but I'm not giving up because I'm very <laughs> stubborn. Um, yeah. And Neil Piper sent me a couple of links today to people who had done something more along the lines of what Toby's talking about here about going out and taking pictures outside um, and the, the, the recurring thing is oh, it's really hard <laughs> because it just doesn't work very well with cyanotypes um, but they, they did give some good tips One because you want the widest aperture possible um, so like one of the suggestions was well maybe use a magnifying glass as a lens I'd never even thought of that before so there's maybe that's mm. one possible thing, um, and there's some other stuff as well which we'll come to later. But um, but yeah, there's stuff that can be done. So I'm not giving up yet on this idea of trying to make a picture using cyanotype paper. You haven't tried cyanotypes yet, have you, Matthew? I haven't, no, because um, I mean I haven't looked that hard, but uh, I think the the chemicals might be a bit hard to come by here. Well, when I'm when I say hard to come by. I can't buy them at Bunnings. So, <laughs> what, um, <laughs> what what is a Bunnings? It it's a very large hardware chain. Like right. Yes. Large large stores. They sell everything from small things through to large pieces of wood for building houses and stuff. Why would you expect that they would sell chemistry? They sell everything, man. They sell everything. Okay, I mean that's like expecting to go to B and Q in this country and find them. That seems like a weird. I don't know. Yeah, well, have to, what I mean is, I can't just go to a shop and buy it. I have to order it. Yeah, online. well, that's the same in this country. I mean, you can't just go into a shop and buy this stuff here. Um, it would be strange if you could, but um, definitely worth looking into. And yeah, I'm enjoying um, the avenues and the things that this is sort of filling out in my brain. So in in some of the as I said, in some of the um, articles that uh, Neil sent today. I was talking about using magnifying glasses and um, and actually making a camera specifically to do this with. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, that might be a thing to do. Unfortunately, on the show this week, we've got a good guest for talking to about making cameras, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so yeah, all good fun. Uh, but th my experiments this week, despite uh, probably running up a massive electricity bill, having a UV light on for all hours of the <laughs> night and day, have um, yeah, ended man. up in, you know pretty much fail but i might share i fortunately with um most of them i did take a picture of them before i tried washing them because the moment i washed them the picture went away so i did take a picture first you can actually see that they did kind of come out i reckon there's a way forward i will find it <laughs> do you want to take this next missive from ian barnaby nut mr nut uh, hello, you three and the extended family. Oh, you even got a greeting on this one. What a perfect choice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. i got to share that with Eric, <laughs> though. Um, 
thank you for the last episode with the ever entertaining Eric. Oh, we just mentioned him. Uh, not only is he always fun to listen, not, not, not only is he always a fun listen, he's right about disintegration by the cure. See, look, I'm going to look. I follow Eric on Instagram, and I used to think I was a Cure fan. Nah, I got nothing. <laughs> got nothing on Eric. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, I probably shouldn't call myself a Cure fan anymore. Um, yeah, as, as, as we'll continue. Uh, definitely top five, if not number one. That that's the B52s. Mm, controversial. Rock, Are you a B fifty two fan? Yeah, they were good uh, yeah. in the beginning, weren't they? I'm not. I'm definitely not a Cure fan. Definitely not. I have never listened to Disintegration, and after the descriptions I got last week, never going to. Right. <laughs> I don't need more miserable in my life. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe you know. What about the Smith? Oh, oh on and read on, please. <laughs> the Smith. <laughs> Anyway, fittingly, I listened to the show about traveling while exploring the hidden caves and pine-covered hills on the island of Ibiza. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help it. Uh, The four-day visit was a surprise trip for our 10th wedding anniversary and for which I had less than 24 hours notice, not knowing the destination until we checked in at the airport. Imagine AIDS gear stress if he didn't know where he was headed, I played safe with an M6 and five rolls of Portra. That is a, a very safe bet. Holy bad. cow, this e- email is, is long. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm lucky enough to get away a few times a year, but usually to Poland or Eastern Europe to visit my in-laws. These visits mean that Grandma will be keen to spend time with our four-year-old and I can get out with the camera with a clear conscience. Whenever I go, I'll try to visit a new city. Prior to leaving, I'll drop pins in a Google map with the locations of the best street art murals or, usually hideous, post-war churches. I'll wander between these points, exploring the side streets and back alleys as I go. Street art tends to be the more bohemian areas of the city, and I end up in places that I'm pretty sure no other tourist has even ever set foot. I've never had any serious bother, and that's probably a good thing, as I'm sure my Polish is good enough to explain why an English fella with a bag full of camera gear would be in the courtyard of their tenement. This year I have a milestone birthday coming up in June and have recently gone all out and booked a road trip through the Rockies in East Western Canada. I was interested in Eric's planning process as it sounds like we have a similar method. I too have the route and stopovers sorted and am now looking for all the fun stuff in between. As a hint for Eric and other listeners perhaps, I've been using the excellent roadtrippers.com. You plot a route and it'll show you all the attractions, accommodations and things to see, including the important craft breweries along the way. It's not so good at recommending what camera to take, though. (laughs) Uh, Ahead of the trip, I've also made contact with a few members of the film photography community who I know in the area that we'll be visiting, and they've offered some great hints. A couple of days shooting have also been added to the itinerary. People should check out and get involved with the film photographer's map if they haven't already. I have also signed up on the film photographer's map. 
finally, listening to Eric got me thinking about making more zines and specifically travel-based ones. I produced five throughout 2018, but none were from my trips. Even though a week or so shooting a new place with limited gear sounds like the ideal way to create a set for a small book. Thanks again, Eric, for the stories of his trips, but also the inspiration to better record my own. Cheers all, Ian. Uh, thank you very much, Ian. And well done, Matthew. That was... That was uh, <laughs> I gave you the longest one I think we've got. Um, but no, that's great. And some more good tips in there. Do you mm. get a chance to get out and travel much? Yeah, well, yeah, we try to go away, you know, one, I, I try and do a, a largest trip once a year. Um, but, yeah, I think the last... Yeah, we've just kind of been traveling sort of domestically recently, mm-hmm. which is still cool. Now there's a lot of there's a lot of country. There certainly to is cover. So, uh, because your your situation is probably much more similar to Eric's than Aids and I was in this country because as you said mm. you've got a whole lot of country. So when yeah. you're planning where to go, what kind of things do you take into account? Uh well, well, how, how like how do I prepare beforehand? Yeah, like, is that? Yeah, look, I. I look at Flickr and Instagram to see, you know, what other people are taking photos of. And, um, you know, like Google Street View is good for seeing, you know, stuff, you know, from ground level. You know, you can look at aerial photos all day and not really get an idea of what, where some, you know, where something is. Yeah. But, you know, a more lateral view is, is, is handy and... Yeah, I just do a do a bit of do a bit of research and and get going basically. What sort of places tend to draw you because you've got a lot of those big empty wide open spaces like yeah. Eric loves to visit so much. I mean, you've got that on lockdown. Is that kind of something that appeals to you or is that not really what draws you in? Yeah, I haven't I haven't actually really been to the outback as 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 it is referred to. I've been on a train that went through a little bit of it, but it, yeah, I, I mean, I go for more urban-y stuff. I like cities and people in those cities and, you know, if there's a bit of uh, urban exploration or uh, uh, trespassing, as I like to call it, <laughs> um, <laughs> if there's a bit of that, I'll give that a, give that a crack. Um Amber and I did some trespassing uh, when we were in Japan last, and she was uh, a bit scared of what was going on, but not not like she wasn't scared of the building or anything. She was scared of being caught and possibly being, uh, you know, deported. forced out of the country. <laughs> yeah. yeah, deported on the third day of our three-week trip. So <laughs> Reasonable. I'm glad you didn't waste yeah. any time yeah. getting to your trespassing. Yeah. Yeah, whereas I'm like stomping through there, like I own the place. So, <laughs> yeah, anyway. that doesn't surprise me at all. And are you a um, pack light person when it comes to cameras, or a bring everything person? Oh no, I'm I'm definitely a pack pack light. I think the most cameras I've ever taken on any trip is four, and even then I wasn't happy about taking four. Usually two, three at the most. 
So what, what are you, I mean, at the moment, is it still the Hasselblad that's getting most love? You were saying you've been doing a lot of 4x5 lately, so I mean, what, what have yes. you been shooting with oh. primarily? Uh, recent, recently, I've been shooting, I've uh, got a new digital camera that we won't talk about, mm, nope. um, which <laughs> which I got apparently on AIDS recommendation. Uh, we'll let him have that. That's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the probably the next camera I've been using the most is the um, the camera dactyl from that that Ethan made. Oh, the, the OG. OG. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The world's largest point and shoot camera, as I like to call it. And um, yeah, that's been a fun camera to use. Uh, you know, like a really steep learning curve. And well, not steep. <laughs> Making myself sound like an idiot because <laughs> uh, it's basically just point and push the button. Uh, but yeah, like dealing with four by five is different to dealing with like roll film. So yeah, learn had to like learn how to develop my own film and uh, how to deal with double darks and stuff like that. So what kind of stuff have you been using it to shoot? Uh, anything that looks good really, really, really wide. Um, so I've kind of done, yeah, I, I was going to say street. I've done a little bit of street with it, but haven't at the same time. Just out and about stuff, buildings, views, a couple of like seascape -y things. I'm still, I'm, I'm, telling myself I'm still in like the experimental learning phase so I'm just like still getting used to the camera this, the you know like I've got to put the film on the back and I've got to cock the shutter and I've got to make sure I'm you know like I've got variables that you know I'm not there's no like auto a mode or P mode on there, so I'm like full manual. I've got to remember to take a light reading. I've got to remember to change the aperture. Yeah, it's just it's making me work for it. That sounds good. Um, mm. What what focal length have you got on there? Uh, Forty-seven millimeters. Wow, you went very wide. Oh yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, so focusing really... not particularly something you need to worry about then obviously so well that's yeah and that's the whole point that's the reason why the because i don't know if you know this but i am the inspiration behind the og coming mm -hmm. being yeah yeah a product. We, i've, I've heard know, that I, from I mention you. it all the time yeah i mention it all the time um <laughs> i wanted a camera i wanted a large format camera wide angle that i didn't have to focus so i um yeah, that's how that baby was born, basically. Except for all the important stuff that Ethan did, like I don't know, design it and build it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> trivialities. Um, do you use it on a tripod? I'm the, Are you, you... I'm the spiritual parent of that camera. Ooh, that's just put me off it completely. Um, <laughs> do you use it on a tripod or are you shooting it handheld? No, handheld. Yeah, cool. I, I don't think I've seen any yeah. of your pictures, but because I'm bad at following what people are up to, but um, I'll have to track those down. Huh. But you've been pleased with it. I am pleased with it. I've got it like I'm dealing with. I, I got the camera is not leaking light. I'm letting light in somehow. Like I've got to work on that. Right. 
Okay. I'm, I'm probably just a bit too enthusiastic about the way I'm using it. Because <laughs> I don't have... I, I don't... Well, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to get through shots quickly and, you know, take a photo, move on. You know, maybe I haven't... Fully closed the dark slide back yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, or I haven't got it completely lined up on the back. Or I've been using a... Um, this is not the time to forget the name of things. Well, one of those automatic 4x5 backs, the Graflock. Yeah. Gra- yeah, Graflock back. And I was using that and it jammed. It, it had never jammed until I had film loaded in it. And then, of course, the light comes in and the light gets to all six sheets. Oh, no. So, yeah. But, you know, you, you live and learn. Yes, you most certainly do. You most certainly mm. do. Okay, well, that's cool. Anyway, it's good to hear all that stuff. Okay, um, this last... Uh, yeah, this last email is the second email regarding cyanotypes, uh, and it is from Chris Gray, who writes in, Hi, as you are so desperate for mail, I thought that I would write one in solidarity for the site. Over the last few episodes, I was pleased to note the increased mention of cyanotypes, Clearly, Rachel has been adding to their popularity for some time, introducing many to their charms. I was wondering whether you had read Mike Ware's book on the cyanotype uh, at mikeware.co.uk. Um, I won't give the full thing. I'll try and remember to put it in the notes. But anyway, um, the book, the thing you're looking for is a PDF called the Cyanomicon 2. Uh, one, what a great name, the Cyanomicon. I love this. Um <laughs> And also on the same thing, his article on the new cyanotype. The chemistry has involved... It got a, has it got a human face stretched over the front? Uh, not quite, but not entirely different. Um, okay. The chemistry involved is as simple as mixing up developers and yields a magnificent blueprint. Mike Ware's other improved iron processes are also very well worth investigating. These things are all at mikeware.co.uk particularly his Van Dyke recipe never fails to please, which is a great sentence. As I am writing, I will also mention that I obviously made a right balls up in trying to explain the significance of the app that I mentioned in my last mail. The app, Paper Exposure, which is, uh, and again, there's a link there, um, allows one to use the camera as an enlarger, which is very handy for larger formats. Whereas standard enlargers can only deal with up to 6x9, the app, albeit with an iPad for the larger formats and iPhone for smaller one, enables the printing of any size negative using the camera with which the original exposure was made. I hope that this is clearer this time. If not, watch the video on Jakob Kotruk's webpage. I'm going to spell that out and then you'll see why I struggled. So it's uh, J-A-K-U-B. Uh, K-O-T-R-C um, so that's uh, his webpage but I will put the links in um, so it does sound like a very useful app um, similar to the kind of um, thing that Intrepid have obviously built out in a more purpose made way um, so this week as I have been delving into this stuff I did find Mike Ware's Cyanomicon if you have a significant interest in learning about all aspects of cyanotypes, 
that is the place to start. It is huge. I think it's something like a 320-page PDF, of which I have only just started reading. And it talks about the history and the applications and the process and all sorts of things and recipes as well. So um, that is a pretty exhaustive book on cyanotypes, um, which like I said, I have just started reading through. And I have heard of and I'm aware of the his recipe for the new cyanotype uh, mixture, which, as my understanding goes, is um, faster. It is a faster reacting cyanotype, which is going to be very useful for when I figure out how to do my reflected light portraits. Um, so, yeah, I haven't read up on how to do those yet because at the moment I haven't got into mixing any cyanotypes from the raw chemicals uh, but I suspect that I probably will be reading up on that and trying to go straight to Mike Ware's um, recipe for the new cyanotype process because um, I want that speed uh, but yeah it's, it's very cool fantastic resources mikeware.co.uk um, you'll find a absolute treasure trove of information there um, so thank you very much for m telling us about all that stuff Chris and like I said I will try and remember to put the links uh, to Mike's website in the show notes. And that is it for emails this week. Thank you so much for the wonderful emails. I asked and you guys more than delivered. Um, so keep them coming in. We love getting these brilliant emails and um, the information that you've shared this week has been wonderful. Um, before we move on to the coffee stuff, anything else, Matthew? What else have you been up to? Is there anything else we need to get to whilst you're here? Because you know, it's been a while since we last had you on. I've got to go to work. You've got to go to work. Okay, well, then we should probably move on then, shouldn't we? We should probably move on. I'll, I'll, uh, you can feel free to edit this out. I'm going to go to work, but I'll continue talking to you on the way. Okay, well, that's good. We, we, let's, yeah. We're going to see if we can... Um, he's going to do the old walk and talk, so this should be <laughs> entertaining. Uh, and everyone will get, everyone will get to experience uh, a podcast live from a Melbourne tram. Okay, we are going to do the coffee donations now for the second time because I forgot to record it the first time. But the good news is that by delaying it, Matthew's now on a tram, so he gets to do it whilst other people are listening, uh, and it's highly humiliating for him being part of this I nonsense. Hey, there could be another listener on on the tram who gets to hear it before everyone else. <laughs> that would be a very, very weird and incredibly unlikely coincidence, but you never know. Um, first off this week, I want to say a big thank you to Sam Bain. Uh, Sam wrote in on the coffee. Hello, Sunbeams. Thanks a lot for the big shout out you gave us the other day. And thanks for liking my work. Keep doing what you're doing. It's a great show. All the best, Pete, Colin and Sam Bain. Sam is a female, by the way. Ha! Um, Apologies, Sam, for assuming otherwise. And you can find Sam at SamBain27. Uh, Sam, S-A-M-B-A-I-N 27. And I am, as I mentioned last time, just such a, such a fan of a family of photographers being out there and listening. That's wonderful. Now, on to the all-important facts Stop. for our recurring donors. Um, we have got... I, I love the fact that in the background we've got your tram announcing where it's going constantly. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's adding a certain magic. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We so have I've got. got a, I wanna, before you start, I want to point out that ev to everyone listening that these facts may or may not be made up. 
but they are all definitely coming out of Graham's head. He's not just lifting these off some fact-related website. He's, yeah, uh, I mean, I would a lot of work, that. a lot of work, and a lot of research goes into these facts. <laughs> but more, more of one than the other. <laughs> I, I think that may be code for a lot of time is spent by co-hosts waiting for Graham to pull stuff out of his butt. <laughs> uh, but uh, but thank you for the acknowledgement of the, the hard work that our team of researchers does. Um, now, because it's the beginning of the month and because we missed a week of doing it, actually, I think we've missed two weeks of doing it because of the week we had off. Um, we got a massive pile of people to say thank you for too. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to split it in half and do half this week and half next week uh, because otherwise you'll be here for a long time and you can have too much uh, nonsense in one go. It can get a little bit um, overwhelming otherwise. Um, so we will start with this week's half. If you could give us the name of the people for whom we have found out the following facts this year. Okay, first on the list is Toby Van Der Velde. Uh, listeners may or may not know that Toby lives on a boat. Uh, this is actually the second boat he lives on uh, after he tried to dig a cellar out on his first boat and it ended rather catastrophically. Okay, insert fake laugh here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Matthew's already heard of all of these, so that's why he's not in absolute hysterics. Yeah. Otherwise, he that laughed so funny. hard all of the first ones. Uh, okay. that, was, that was funny the first time. It's actually still kind of funny. I like Go on then, next up. Uh, Krista, Krista Brand. Krista Brand offers a service for people frustrated by the fact that they can't lick their own elbows. For a small price, he will lick them for you. To save you the embarrassment. Absolutely. Yes. Should I try and lick my elbow now on the train? Um, no, no. Let's let's save that for your own time. All right. All right. Uh, Christian Straub. Uh, Christian weaves baskets out of spaghetti and gives them to local orphans as a gift both useful and edible. Al dente. <laughs> yes. I don't know whether he cooks the spaghetti or not first. I didn't get all the... Mm. The research was scant on that. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe Christian can get in touch and let us know. <laughs> yeah, you should pay your researchers more. By the sound of I know, I know. Give them some of that coffee millions. Yeah. Uh, uh, where are we up to? Uh, Dave the Walker. Uh, Dave can play the national anthem of 32 different countries on the nose flute. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dunst Dunstan. He's like Madonna. He's only got one name. It's well, Dunstan. he it does have two names, but uh, Dunstan Vavasor. Uh, he believes that unicorns are real and they're responsible for faking the moon landing. The conspiracy yeah. goes deep. Yeah, you know, it's those you got to watch out for those FBI unicorns. Hey, listen, the truth is out there. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, Juliet Schwab. Uh, Juliet once won a staring contest with a statue on a technicality because after waiting for 12 hours for Julia to move on, her family intervened and took a sledgehammer to the statue. Um, they are no longer welcome at the local museum. <laughs> and, and what did I say last time about this? Oh, the Doctor Who. Um, it wasn't one of those Doctor Who statues. No, it wasn't one of the Doctor Who blink statues, no. Um, yeah, yeah, blink, blink and you're dead. Or 
send back in time as you corrected me. Yeah, we've got um, to get this right. <laughs> there might be nerds listening. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely one or two of those listening. Uh, Charles Cushenblatt. <laughs> Charles has threatened to put all chickens in the bin if he doesn't get a double yoker soon. You've been you told, chickens. Say, you didn't say the thing. <laughs> What? what the thing? I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. Kirschenblatt. Bless you. <laughs> I am sure poor Charles has heard that more times in his life than he ever wants to. So I apologize, or, Charles. Or he's just heard it for the first time and we've blown his mind. I, I don't think I don't think that's what's happened. Okay. All right. Uh, Martin Smith. Martin refuses to watch the new Avengers movie as they fail to include his favourite superhero, Captain Birdseye. Who and, we... Captain, and Captain Birdseye is from the Birdseye family of frozen fish products, I take it? The, 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 bird, the Birdseye family of frozen fish superheroes, yes. And his power is to make delicious fish fingers. Fish fingers. Um... When did you last eat a fish finger, Graham? It was quite some time ago, and I would have definitely stolen it off one of my uh, children's plates at that time. So, yeah, I mean, I've moved out of the fish finger era. Although tying a couple of these facts nicely together, I did once have a job where the only dietary choice, the only thing on the menu tended to be spaghetti with fish fingers and ketchup. Um, It was an interesting place and an interesting time. Like canton spaghetti? Uh, yes, usually, although sometimes not. <laughs> sometimes just spaghetti, <laughs> spaghetti. How else does it come? <laughs> wait, 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 how else does spaghetti come other than in tins? Oh dear. I mean, I thought, well, I thought, you know, like it might come in a. Hey, look, once upon a time you could buy milk in a bag in New Zealand. Like that was a thing. I believe it. You're not doing your country yeah. any favours at the moment. Shall we move on to the last one? Yes. Uh, Mr. Solar Can himself, Sam Cornwell. Sam Cornwell was not impressed with the person who 3D printed a gun, for a myriad of reasons, obviously. Um, and so to one-up him, he has decided to make a camera completely out of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So... Thank you so much to all of our coffee donors. It is hugely appreciated. You do make everything we do here so much <laughs> easier to do uh, and help keep the lights on. It is, um, yeah, it's, it is wonderful. Um, we have got a fantastic guest lined up for this week on the Sunny 16 podcast, Graham Young from the Homemade. Who is it? Who it's, is it? It's, it's, oh, it's, uh, if you'd waited, I'd have got to it, Matthew. Uh, it is Graham Young from the Homemade Camera Podcast, uh, who also has a new podcast aimed squarely at being, people who are new to film photography. So we will be talking to him about all of these things. Really looking forward to having a chat with Graham. Uh, Matthew, is there anything else you'd like to share? <laughs> what is going uh... on? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a valid Mikey, everyone. Don't worry. I'm not going to get in trouble. Um, <laughs> um, uh, no, there's nothing. I've got nothing. Okay, good, good. This is going to oh, prevent... Actually, 
take some cool film photos. I'm going to have to edit so many things out of this show. I'm not... <laughs> uh, yeah, you. you. Yeah, <laughs> mainly me, mainly me. Um, where two can Graham, people... Two Grahams on the next podcast, though. Yeah, a double Graham. It's what everyone has always Whoa. wanted. Um, yeah. Where can people find you on the internet, Matthew? Hidden under my bed. There you go. Search there, or maybe try on inter- on the internet, on Instagram and Twitter at Photo Dudens. Um, you will find Matthew there. Are you sharing your work it- fairly regularly at the moment? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm switching to Instagram for a bit. See how that goes. Um, yeah, sounds like a good plan to course, me. And of course, for the old people who listen, Flickr. Yeah, <laughs> Flickr as well, uh, whilst that's still right. a thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that does seem to be uh, struggling at the moment due to all the choices that they are making. Um, but let's hope things get yes. better. Um, and of course, yep. Matthew is responsible for maintaining the upkeep of our website, sunny16podcast.com. If you haven't visited the website, please do. It is worth it to see some of the fantastic Photoshop uh, cover art that Matthew has made over the last few months. There's been some, there's been some creations of joy and wonder on there, and some that are a little distressing. Yeah, and no um, cease and desist letters that I know of. No, well, only the ones that I keep sending you, but uh, they don't seem to be taking any effect. Um, we will play. You're not sending them to my lawyer. Well, uh, oh, no, he's overworked enough as it is. Um, we will play you out as always with untangling, no remortgaging the nest of hairs. God, I got it right first around. Remortgaging the nest of hairs by Schnauzer, who you can find on Bandcamp. Thank you as always to them for letting us use their music, and we will be back on Thursday with Graham Young from the Homemade Camera Podcast. Until then, listeners, thank you for listening and goodbye. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah.